Jesus. Come on, somebody do that right now. Oh, God, nothing else matters, God, but that we worship You. God, that we take this opportunity, oh God, to praise You. Oh, God, I'm going to worship You forever. I'm going to worship You forever. God, as long as there is breath in my body, I will bless the Lord at all times. And your praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. He's worthy of it. The psalmist said, because I was young and now I'm old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed beg for bread. He said, I was a young fella and an old fella, and I can tell you he's been the same throughout He's been constant throughout. He's been worthy of my praise throughout. So that's why I'm going to praise Him forever. Because He's never going to fail me. He's never going to disappoint me. Anytime I'm in His presence, He's going to reach down and wrap His arms around me and let me know everything's going to be all right. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God, praise God. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for being faithful to the house of God. I know it's not always easy, especially when the weather's as crazy as it is outside. Amen. But I'm glad that you're in here and not out there. And you might have lost electricity at home, and we still got lights on in here. So just be glad. Hope I didn't jinx it. If you did, you can call me tonight, and you can come sleep in our guest bedroom downstairs. Unless it's more than one of you, then you're going to have to find somewhere else. But, Amen. Amen. It's been a wonderful spirit of the Lord here today. Amen. I'm thankful to be back in God's house. Amen. I'm glad that he was here before we were here today. Amen. Already moving, already doing something great. It's wonderful to know we serve a God who is all places at all times. Amen. That even if we made our bed in hell, he said, behold, thou art there. Those bad situations in life, those frustrating places in life, he's still there. Amen. Though we may not always feel him like we want to and just get excited, there's times where he's there and we don't even know it. Amen. I think I serve a God who is always there. Amen. If you would, turn with me to Luke chapter 10. Try not to be lengthy tonight. Amen. I understand this message may not be for everybody, but if it would touch somebody tonight, I think the Lord would be pleased. Amen. Luke chapter 10, we'll begin reading at verse 38. I have just a scripture in Ephesians that I want to read from the message translation. But Luke 10, begin reading at verse 38, says, Now it came to pass... As they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Say, into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. 
And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. One thing. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Going to Ephesians 5, start with verse 11, and I'm going to skip down to 16. He said, don't waste your time on useless work or mere busy work. Skipping down, he said, watch your step. Use your head. Make the most of every chance that you get. These are desperate times. These are desperate times. Tonight, for just a little while, I want to talk to you on the subject. These are desperate times. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for His help in this service tonight. Lord, we love You so much. God, I thank You for Your presence that is in this place. God, I thank You for opening these doors once more that we could come in, Lord, and be in Your presence. God, I pray right now that You would anoint these lips of clay. God, that You would open every ear and heart to receive Your Word tonight. God, I pray that You would open, God, our understanding. God, I pray that we would leave forever changed, God, because we've been in Your presence. God, and that when we leave, God, there will be people who notice something different about us. God, and that they would know because they'd say Jesus has been with them and they have been with Jesus. God, I pray You would go with us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. You can be seated. These are... Desperate times. It is mind-boggling to me to watch our world, to just be a people watcher. If you go to the mall or you travel or wherever you may go and you see people operate every day. And it seems like they are doing the same thing everywhere that you go. People are in such a hurry. They are all going 90 miles an hour from the time that they wake up until they lay their heads down at night. Yet we have faster cars and faster computers and faster phones and newer phones. And we can pull up our email or internet from anywhere we want with our cell phones or an iPad or another tablet. All of this stuff that has had a purpose. And that purpose was to make our life more simple it was to bring us closer to people, and it was to connect us with people, all the while it has done quite the opposite. It has caused more frustrations and more headache and more divorces and more pain in people's situations because of all of these conveniences. People all speed to get to the same red light. They go, 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 and yet really accomplish just as much as the other guy who just took his time. Now, I can remember when I was a kid during the Christmas season, it was a little hectic. I can remember going to the malls and the stores and parking was a little crazy and people were inside all over the place. But I can tell you compared to now, it is nothing. Now you go and three, four weeks before Christmas is ever even there, they're parking in the grass at the mall. They're parking across the street and walking there's people everywhere. They're getting in fights. They're, they're wanting that, that super special that's going on. I feel like everyone now 
is in a hurry all of the time. It doesn't even have to be the Christmas season. Everyone is just go, 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 go. Every store is packed. Every place is cars everywhere. And people are just in a go mentality. Our schedules are full, full of everyday things that we have to get done. We've got to get breakfast. We've got to feed the dog. We've got to take the kids to school. We've got to go to work. We've got to go to the grocery store. We've got to cook those groceries. We've got to clean the dishes. We've got to do some laundry. We've got to hang some clothes. And we repeat the very next day, except that day we've got to throw in t-ball practice and soccer practice and choir practice and help do the science project that's due the next day. And it seems like our lives are just overflowing with a busy schedule and we've just piled as much things as we possibly can in this container called life and we are so busy and yet we can't even remember what we did yesterday and if you don't keep the pace you will just get run all over people who are fighting you see the reports on the news of people fighting and pulling out knives and threatening people's lives and threatening their children if they won't turn over that item You want to be like, lady, put down the knife. I will give you the Bluetooth speaker and $12 that you're going to be saving when you buy this thing. I'll give it to you gladly if you would just calm down. It's really not worth it. It is not worth being that crazy and that obsessed over. It's like the whole world has literally just lost their minds. Everywhere you go, it's just Are are people even thinking? Are they thinking about their children? Are they thinking about their neighbors? Are they thinking about the people next to them in the line? Or are they just doing whatever is best for them? Every man's doing that which was right in his own eyes. It's like if they slowed down for five minutes, their whole day would be ruined. People have more than they have ever had, and yet they still want more than they will ever need. And while I can sit and talk about these kinds of people all day long and be frustrated about it all day long, I too find myself sometimes being in the rush of life. And I was convicted last week when I read the scripture in Ephesians and immediately God reminded me of the story of Mary and Martha. God reminded me that our time here is very short. It is limited. It said, do not waste your time on useless work. He didn't say all work was useless, but he said, don't waste your time doing things that are not going to give you a reward or many results. Then he said, make the most of every chance that you get. These are desperate times. Any of you feel like you you could probably give a little more sometimes in this last hour and it's frustrating and as tired as you are and as weary as you are. You realize the hour we're living in and you're saying, God, I I wish I had more to offer you. I wish there was something more that I could do. I wish there was more I could be involved in. I wish there was another place in the church that I could put my efforts and abilities. If there was ever a day that I lived and I thought these are desperate times, I think that that would be today. It doesn't take us long for us to look around at the condition of our world and see That these are desperate times. Every time you open the news or every time the radio comes on or every time you see somebody talking about something going on in our world. It seems like everything that is going on is a tragedy. Everything going on is somebody's mad at somebody. Somebody's suing somebody. Somebody murdered somebody. 
the whole world has just gone crazy and it's th- you're looking at it and you're saying, God, what is going on? It's just reminding me that these are desperate times. These are times that we need to buckle down and we need to be serious for God. I look at the quality of people that live in our world today. I look at the realities of our world today. And I look at the respect or lack thereof that is shown to those in authority. I look at the value or lack thereof that we have for a human life. I see the unwillingness to fight when things get tough. I see kids who know way too much about things that I didn't even know until I was an adult. Children who have thoughts of harming themselves and brothers fighting against brother, nation against nation. Paul writes in Timothy, he says, As the end approaches, people are going to be self-absorbed, money-hungry, self-promoting, stuck-up, profane, contemptuous, of parents, crude, coarse, dog-eat-dog, unbending, slanderers, impulsively wild. Does this sound familiar to anybody tonight? Savage, cynical, treacherous, ruthless, bloated windbags, my goodness, addicted to lust and allergic to God. Paul tells Timothy, you want to you have a time clock to see when times are getting desperate? This is the things to look for. This is the things that you need to watch out for, Timothy, because when this stuff starts going on, you know it's desperate times. When this stuff starts happening in your world and every time you turn on the television, every time the radio comes on, every time you open the newspaper, somebody else is self-promoting, somebody else is being a windbag, somebody else is stuck up and profane. It's just everywhere you look, everywhere you turn, it seems like this is all that's going on. He said, they make a show of religion, but behind the scenes, they are animals. Stay clear of these people, Timothy. So you see, we are living in desperate times. So we, as the church of God, must make the most of every chance we get. We must be good stewards with our lives. I am here tonight to tell you, especially in living for God, we do a lot of good things. And I'm not here tonight to beat you over the head with a to-do list, a list of things to do during desperate times, but rather quite the opposite. I'm wanting to take the to-do list away and tell you it's okay to slow down in these desperate times because people say, well, in desperate times, that calls for desperate measures. In desperate times, we ought to be doing more. We ought to be giving ourselves more and we got to do this and we got to do that. We get over-involved, and before we know it, we're doing so much that we haven't taken the time to slow down and say, you know what, God, in this world that is going and going and going and going and going, God, I have got to slow down, and I've got to spend some time with you. God, I've got to give myself an opportunity, oh God, to get away from the noise, to get away from the traffic and the horns, to get away from all the buildings, God, I've got to get myself in a place where I can think, where I can pray, where I can worship. That's why I love coming into the house of God, because we get to leave all of that stuff behind. We get to leave all of that stuff in yesterday, and we say, God, I'm here today, God, and I've come to worship you. It's like we were singing a while ago, here I am worshiping you, Jesus. Here I am worshiping you, Jesus. God, we have got to slow down and take the opportunity to worship. You go back to the story of Mary and Martha. 
Two ladies who both seem to be incredible people. What it must have been like for them to even hear that Jesus was coming. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem and he had made a stop at the home of these wonderful ladies. This indeed was a desperate time for his life. And in this time we see two types of people who both had great intentions. Both were needed. But from the moment Martha found out Jesus was coming, she began doing what many of us would do. She began to do the dishes and make sure everything was put up and vacuum and mopping and mowing the lawn and making sure the sheets were on the bed and that they had towels and washcloths and they had everything that they needed for their stay. I'm sure Martha was this way with every guest, but I'm sure it was a little bit different with Jesus. She begins working, and while she is busy working, Jesus shows up. And I'm sure she was so excited to see Jesus, but it's almost like she just said, Okay, Jesus, make yourself at home. I've got some more stuff I've got to tend to. I've got some other stuff I've got to take care of first. And therein lies the ugly truth of our lives. Lord, I love you, and I'm glad you're here, but I have some stuff planned for you. I've got some stuff I want to do for you, God. And if you'll just sit tight for just a minute, I'll, I'll come and spend some time with you. But right now, I've got some other things that I need to get done first. God, I, I know you've been here all day, but we've got four songs lined out that we've got to sing. And we've got an offering we've got to take of. And my goodness, we cannot forget the announcements. Come sit down, brother. Don't get excited. It's only the second song. We can't break church wide open just yet. We get, we've got some more stuff that we've got we've to do. We've got some more songs we've got to sing. We've got a preacher that's got to preach the word. Sister, don't go up to the front yet and start praying. They haven't asked for the prayer team to even come yet. You know what I wish? I wish one of these days somebody in the middle of worship would just realize that Jesus is here. And say, you know what, for the next few moments, I'm going to slow down. I don't want to rush. I'm not telling Brother Clyde T to hurry it up so we can get going to the next song and the next song and the next song. And then the offering and announcements and all that and the preacher. God, but in this moment, just in this song, God, I don't want to slow down long enough to think about the words that are being sung. God, right now, while you're in this presence, God, and you're in this place. God, I want to slow down long enough to feel that you are here. God, I want to tune everyone else out. God, I want to just close myself off and I just want to be in your presence. God, while everybody else is doing their thing, God, that's fine. I'm, I'm thankful that they're doing stuff. Without them, we wouldn't have church like we have church. But God, for the next few moments, God, I just want to be in your presence. God, I, I, I might not have tomorrow. I might not have next Sunday, God. But while I'm here in this moment and you're in my house, God, I just want to spend some time with you. God, I just want to spend some time worshiping you. I just want to spend some time sitting at your feet. I wish they would just let go and just let God have his way and just begin to worship. But we have become Martha and we are managing everything, making sure it is just right for Jesus. Martha in all of her hustle and bustle begins to notice a lot of people have been moving around and helping. There's a lot of people up here playing instruments and a lot of people up here playing their part and doing their thing and we're thankful for them. And Mary's sitting there and she's looking at all that's going on and she's sitting there and she's looking around and she's saying, "Where is Mary? Where is Mary?" 
Has, has anybody seen Mary? Mary, where are you? There is stuff that has to be done. And when Martha walked in and she sees Mary sitting there, not doing anything. Well, I know how some of us would respond. Why are you just sitting here when all the work's being done? Why are you sitting in here when there's people out there moving tables and chairs? Why are you just sitting in here when there's people out there you need to you need to talk to? Why are you just sitting here not doing anything? You're just sitting. Martha got angry and she even tries to tattle and get the Lord on her side. She said, God, why, why, Jesus, why don't you tell her she needs to come help me? Why don't you tell her she needs to get involved? Why don't you tell her she needs to find a place in ministry and get to work? Why don't, why don't you tell her that? And thinking Jesus was going to say, Martha, you know what? You're right. Mary, get up. You need to go help your sister. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be going on right now. We don't have time for all of this. Quit sitting at my feet and go do other stuff. But what a surprise Martha got when Jesus said, Martha, you're worried and stressed about many things. But one thing is needed. We go through life and we're worried about tomorrow. We're worried about bills that got to be paid. We're worried about all the stuff that's got to be done. I fly around here on Sunday morning making sure this thing's all over the place and water bottles are where they need to be. And and there's times I'm thinking, God, I've got to slow down. I know there's stuff that's got to be done, but if it doesn't get done, that's okay because you're here. All this stuff that I'm involved in and all this stuff that you're involved in on a day-to-day basis for the kingdom of God, it's great and it's wonderful, but there's got to come a moment where you say, okay, God, I know that all this has to be done, but it can wait because there's a better part. God, there is something else that you are asking of me, God, and I want to do that because it is the better part. God, I want to do what you're wanting me to do. But I'm worried about this, and I'm worried about that, and I'm stressed about tomorrow, and I'm stressed. Martha, you're worried about a lot of things. You're worried about all of this stuff, and I'm not telling you it doesn't matter because it does, and it is needed. But Mary, she... She understands that better part. It's called prioritizing. It's called keeping the first thing first. All of that other stuff can wait, but this cannot. I'm thankful for a clean house, Martha. I'm thankful that you have a meal prepared for me, but I'm here for another reason. I'm here for that one thing that is needed. And Mary, she discovered what it was. She chose... That better part. We have all been Martha. We have all just got caught up in what needed to be done. And there is so much to do with so little time. He said, you are worried and upset about many things. He got down to the root of the issue. It wasn't that she was doing things for him. It wasn't that he was unthankful. But she was so worried about making sure she had her home ready for him. When Mary just wanted to make sure her heart was ready for him. Mary said, God, I, I, I know there's stuff going on and I hear my sister calling my name. I hear them asking for my help and I hear them asking me to come help them do the dishes and help them clean the other room. And, but God, right now I'm in your presence. God, right now my heart is longing just to sit here and be with you. And Jesus said, that's all right, Mary. You just stay where you're at. You're fine. 
This is the better part. This is why I came over here to spend some time with you. This is why I stopped by Greater Life Church tonight so I can spend some time with you and talk with you. I know we went through the songs. I know we did our thing that we always do. But for the next little while, I'm here and I'm in your presence. And I want you to sit and I want you to just enjoy me being here. I want you to allow me to speak into your life and speak courage to you and speak faith and blessings. Martha, like many of us, got distracted. Martha was tired. Martha had been giving so much. She was the one who made sure everything was in its proper place. She was the one making sure all of the ducks were in a row. What Martha must have felt when she was doing all of that that she could do to please Jesus. And he said, Mary chose the better part. Martha must have thought, there's more. I have to do more. I have to do something else. There's a better part. There's something else that I'm not doing. Jesus never said one was right and one was wrong. He just said that Mary chose the better part. He didn't say, Martha, why can't you be more like Mary? Why can't you act like your sister? He simply said, Martha, you have got to make the most of these moments. I'm not going to always be here. It's not always going to be this way. Life isn't always going to give you this opportunity. But right now, while you have it, you need to take this opportunity. We may not always get to come to church like this. We may not always get to carry our Bible around with us and have church in a building where people aren't watching us and keeping an eye on us at all times, waiting for us to say something wrong so they can throw us all in jail. But right now, when we have this moment... We have the opportunity to come into his presence and sit at his feet and just enjoy being in his presence. We've got to make the most of every opportunity. I won't always be here like this. Take advantage of it while you can. These two ladies were faced with the same choice. I can work or I can worship. And Mary chose that better part. It's hard to find that line because we know stuff has to be done. But if God enters in, I don't care what else is going on. I don't care what the schedule says. I don't care what was on the original plan. I don't care what was on the menu. Jesus is here. I know we prepare these things all the time, but Brother Clyde T allows God to move through him. And if there's a song that comes in his spirit and he just wants to go ahead and sing it and everybody's just going to follow along and we're going to flow with the Holy Ghost. Because when God enters in the building, this schedule means nothing. What Martha's got on the menu doesn't mean anything when Jesus is here. Because it's time that we stop everything we're doing and say, all right, God, I've come to worship. All right, I know there's stuff we've got to get to in a moment, God. But while you're here, God, and while you're moving and you're speaking, God, I'm going to sit at your feet. And I'm going to listen and I'm going to worship. Jesus is here. While there are times for work... There should always be time for worship. Mary knows there is plenty to do, and yet she is unable to move except closer to Jesus. Because you see, it's not every day that Jesus visits your home. So Mary ignores tradition. She breaks social etiquette, and she presses closer. Mary's the one that stops to smell the roses. Mary's the one who would enjoy the dew of the morning. But Martha was consumed with a list of to-dos. Part of Mary who says, I want to worship. 
I want to sit at his feet and I want to spend some time with him. We've all had that Mary in our heart that says, God, I just want to worship you. God, I just want to praise you. But there's also that part of us that's the Martha that says there's just too much to do. I'm involved in too much. I'm tired and I'm weary. I've been going nonstop. I had a full week of work. I came to church on Wednesday night. I came to prayer on Saturday night. I brought my kids up here for youth on Friday. And I was here this morning and I was here tonight. And I'm just tired. Can remember a day when missing church was not an option. I hear stories of people who were sick that were so ill they could barely stand on their own two feet because they were so sick, but they were brought to church. And the preacher was going to pray for them. If he healed them, then that was wonderful. But if not, they were going to sit back there on the pew and be sick. If you were tired, well, we're going to pray that God would give you the strength to make it to Monday morning. On Sunday mornings, I didn't have to wake up and wonder what I was going to do that day. Our midweek service came around and I knew where I was going to be that night. Now everything is a good excuse to miss church. But you see, our world is living in the constant tension between the urgent and the important. So where do we find the time to be like Mary and go to Jesus' feet? God, I've looked at my calendar and all of these people are excited about summer and I'm looking at my calendar and I see something going on every weekend and I'm thinking to myself, well, my summer's already gone. All these people are talking about all the trips they've got planned and all the outings they're going on and this and that. And I'm looking at mine and I'm thinking, God, where am I going to do this? How am I even going to have time to eat my breakfast that morning? How am I even going to time, have time to pick up my kids from school that day? And Because our schedules are so full. How do we choose the better part and still get done the things that need to get done? In her eagerness to serve Jesus, she almost missed the opportunity to know Jesus. She was so busy in her efforts and her working that she almost missed an opportunity while he was there to sit down and hear what he had to say. Because had she kept going, he would have sat there and time would have passed and he would have said, all right, well, it's time for me to go. Wait, Jesus, I haven't gotten to spend any time with you yet. Wait, I, I, hadn't even, I hadn't even got to really sit down and talk with you. Well, I'm sorry, but I've been here all day and you've been going and you've been running and you've been doing this and you've been doing that. I don't know what to tell you. Because you see, the world keeps telling you, you need to do more. You need to be all that you can be. You need to get involved in this and you need to get involved in that and make sure your kids are in this program. Make sure your kids are doing this and all the while God is whispering, just be still. Just be still. We hope that in offering more service somehow we will, we will merit more love. The daily duties of life often seem to provide few rewards. Sometimes we get pulled away from doing things as unto the Lord and settle for simply getting things done. But we must remember there is one thing that is needed. There is one thing that is needed. And Mary, she chose that better part. Mary could have easily said, you know what, I, I've looked around and there's a lot that needs to be done. There's some people missing today and I, I, I can get involved somewhere and I could do that. and I can be involved here and... God said, no, 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 Mary, you've chosen that better part. 
The one thing needed is not found in doing more, but rather in stopping and doing nothing and just waiting on the Lord. For those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Those that slow down in this crazy world and just stop for a moment and say, God, I'm tired. God, I am weary. God, I feel like I am constantly going. God, I can't tell you the last time that I prayed in my home. I can't tell you the last time I opened my Bible and I just began to read. I can't tell you the last time that I fasted a meal. God, I can't tell you the last time that I witnessed to somebody. God, not because I've been doing bad things, not because I've been sinning. God, I've just been distracted. God, I've just been doing all of this stuff. God, and some of it's been for the church. God, some of it's been my involvement there at the church. I find it so amazing that the word that's used for all of Martha's busybody work is ministry. The word that is used in all of her efforts and everything that she was doing, the word there means ministry. She was so involved in everything that was going on and involved in this person's life and this person. And she was doing this and doing that. And she was doing the work for the Lord. But in all the while, she did not get to know the Lord. Let's all stand. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. One was waiting on him like a server at a restaurant. And one was waiting on him, just sitting in his presence, just waiting on him to speak, just waiting on him to say something to her life that would forever change her. Don't get me wrong, the church has got to be active. In fact, he said, go ye into all the world and teach all nations. He said that his table was full, but his fields are empty. He's looking for workers. He's looking for people that will go out and help him. But there's a better part. Our world, it discourages me as a parent to see that my three boys are going to have to grow up in this world that seems so terribly lost. That I see these are desperate times. And that in my best efforts as a parent to teach my kids right, this world is just doing all it can to put wrong in their face every single day. There's times where it seems like everyone is just going and going and going. And God is saying, sit, be still, listen. Just like he told those disciples, they could have saw him go up into glory and went and did their own thing and Rejoice that he was just alive, but he told him, I need you to go and sit. I need you to go and wait. I need you to listen. Slow down long enough for me to do what needs to be done in your life. Slow down long enough to wait on me. Slow down long enough to hear my still, small voice. It's hard to hear that still, small voice in our world today. There's so much going on, just constantly filling our minds. You know, the Bible talks about a sound mind. I don't think anybody has that anymore. 
But God, we have got to have it. God, I know this may not be the most popular message. God, but it's needed. God, for us to slow down a little bit. God, that you would take us back, Lord, to those days where life was not so crazy. God, where we were able to open your word and just sit and read. God, it feel like minutes, God, but hours have gone by and we're still reading your word. God, where we actually get the time to be by ourselves and pray and call out to you and just spend time in your presence without having all of these to-dos, without all of this stuff that I've got to do. And if we were to be completely honest with ourselves tonight, there's a lot of things we get involved in in our lives that are not really that important. They're leisure activities, things we enjoy to do, and that's okay. God doesn't expect us to all be hermits and live in our homes and just stay in our shell. But God does expect us to get to a place where we say, God, nothing else matters, God, but being in your presence. How many of you know he's here tonight? He's been here all day. He's been waiting for you to come into this place. And He's giving you the opportunity tonight to sit down for a little while. We're not in a hurry tonight. We've got some time to come up here to this altar and spend some time with Jesus. We've got an opportunity tonight to come and just sit at His feet. Because He is here. He's here to lift your burden. He's here to help you. He's here to encourage you tonight. He's here to do something great in your life if you'll let him. I open these altars tonight for somebody who says, you know what? I'm tired of just being on this treadmill that's getting me nowhere. God, I'm tired of being in this same rut, God, and I'm doing the same things over and over and over. God, and I feel so far away from you, Lord. God, I'm sorry I haven't spent time with you, Lord, like I know is needed. God, in these desperate times, I don't have time to play games. God, I don't have time to waste. God, these are desperate times. Oh, God, I've got to get that word out again. I've got to pull that Bible off my bookshelf and open it up again. God, I've got to find that place in my home, God, where me and my family join together, God, and we kneel down at night before bed. God, we pray more than just to lay me down to sleep prayer. God, but we get down and we truly begin to pray. We pray for our home. We pray for our family. God, we just enjoy being in your presence.